0: Eagles are on the clock and it is officially draft season here at BGN headquarters. I am your host Michael Kist and this of course is brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. This is episode one of the 2020 NFL Draft BGN specials that we'll be bringing to you up to and in the wake of the draft and a quick word on what this series will be about. Yes, this is an Eagles-centric feed. So yes, these draft specials will have a focus on the birds, but they're also going to cover all things draft. So I'll be bringing on a ton of special guests to talk about these prospects from the Senior Bowl, through the Combine, and through the draft. And don't worry, you're still going to get your regular dose of very Eagles-related draft talk from your usual suspects. That means Kisten Solak, the QB Sco Show, BGN Radio, and more. But as I record this, I am in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl. There's a ton to talk about, and I can't wait to bring it all to you throughout the the week and in the coming months so let's not stand on ceremony let's start the show and joining me here for the first episode of bgn's 2020 draft coverage is a good friend of mine who i'm actually staying with here in mobile here at the bnb my good friend from cover1.net russell brown russell brother how you doing,
1: man? Kiss, man. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh it's it's my first time. I'm getting my you know cherry pop. Can I say that on the air here yeah, for you? Can. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh yeah, it's great to be back in Mobile, third year. We're underway. We got practices going, so it's great. So we started out with
0: the weigh-ins and then media day. Weigh-ins were a bit of a bore. Yeah. Then you had media day, which was interesting because media day always ticks me off, and this is a whole side tangent. But typically before, what they've done is they've had the players come out. And then they have this roped off area and the media is all around it. Mm-hmm. And we all stand there and watch them eat like zoo animals. And I think <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever. It made me totally uncomfortable the first time I experienced it. But overall, what, what did you feel about the weigh-ins? Any takeaways from media day? Anything stand out to you?
1: With, with the weigh-ins, I mean, the first guy that really stood out was, was Terrell Lewis. I think he had a, a great weigh-in from Alabama, you know, 6'5 edge, tremendous length, 83 and a half inch wingspan. He weighed in at 258. The big concern with him is injuries. Where can he be on the field every Sunday? Is he going to be healthy? He's been banged up the last two years, but the explosiveness showed today, and he was all over the place. And then a guy for me, and I've been talking highly of him the last couple days, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State. Uh, He's number 53 for Ohio State. So if you're you're checking your notes or you're you're watching the film – pay attention to that but he measured in at 6'3", 327 Mm. and like that 327 is all like shoulders, biceps and just upper body and he just he figures out ways to disrupt offensive linemen. He did it to Tyler Biotish quite a bit in both Wisconsin games so he's a player that I think had a great day overall from the weigh-ins, from the interview I had with him to the practice, and I think he's going to be a riser.
0: So that's someone you can look for for the interior defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles as they try to fill up their depth chart there, obviously looking for answers. Let's go to the south, and let's start with some wide receivers and kind of give our our thoughts on what happened there because I thought it was very clear, not just from the one-on-ones, but even before that when they were doing the cones and everything like that as they were starting to gear up practice, I thought it was very clear that Florida's Van Jefferson – was the most detailed route runner on the South squad. Very, very loose, uh, but you could tell that his technique also aided him in that. Conversely, I had said before on BGN and put it in an article leading into this that I was also concerned about Texas wide receiver Devin DuVernay, who's very explosive, got track speed, very well built, but has got a stiff, Body type, and that concerned me. And I think that showed up when they were doing some of the cone drills early on and showed up in some of the one on ones as well. So, stock up Van Jefferson, stock down Devin Duvernay, in my opinion. And I thought Van really separated himself from that group.
1: Certainly. I mean, Van Jefferson was a guy that I wrote about going into this as one of my three players to watch. And I felt like he was going to show off his footwork, his route running ability, and he did just that. I mean, he was productive at Ole Miss even, and he went to Florida and he was able to put it all together. And he checked in today at six one one ninety seven, which is actually pretty good. He was listed at 6'3", on the Florida site, which is, I mean, we can all expect two inches to yeah. be shy, probably more than likely on a team site. But, you know, everything checks out for him. And I believe Jim Nagy posted something on like basically hashtag next gen stats, sure. right? Like his speed was like, I think he, he reached top speed at 21.1 miles per hour. Best. So it, it's, it's phenomenal what he can do in the short areas of the field. And then just that long speed, it certainly seems like it's there. So he stood out. I'm with you on Devin DuVernay. I thought there was times that he looked okay and then there was just a lot of portions of practice where he didn't. But I mean, this was a hundred reception guy. I think in the slot, being that reception guy at the next level is certainly going to be something that he does. But as far as maybe being like a, a top 75 pick. I don't know if that's possible at mm. this point right now, but again, it's day one, maybe he's shaking off the nerves, but yeah, I think Van Jefferson for the South team was certainly a big winner today.
0: Yeah. So Van looked good. And then Devin, obviously we want to see what he does. A lot of his production came when he came from the outside, got kicked inside this year. I think teams are going to want to see him operate on the outside and see how he does there. And I think that's actually what we saw early on in practice. Hopefully, we see that throughout the week, see how he can deal with press and things of that nature, and see if he gets better throughout the week and more comfortable, because that's an important part, too. Day one is just the first part of the process. You get to see how these players take to coaching and how they improve as well. As far as the rest of the wide receivers go, I think Colin Johnson kind of surprised everybody, because this is a big dude, Mm -hmm. but he measured in with hands under nine inches. His arms were a little bit short. But he also had a really good practice, so it's hard to take away, like, is it stock down or stock stock up with this guy? And did anybody else from the wide receivers on the South squad stand out for you?
1: Colin Johnson, you're talking about a 6'5 receiver. His hands are 8 and 3 quarters. I mean, it's very odd. I think my hands might be 8 and 3 quarters, and I'm an average Joe, but he's got really good body control. He had a couple of good routes out there. I mean, just showing that ability on those in-breaking routes and everything else. So he looked pretty smooth overall. And for a guy that maybe took the back seat this year to Devin DuVernay, kind of stood up and said, hey, I'm, I'm in the driver's seat right now for this Texas team. So he really stood out. Other receivers... I wasn't really paying attention too much to them on the on the south side, more so on the north side. I really liked what I saw on that in it's that a better sense. group. <laughs> yeah, and it was certainly a better group. And James Poach from SMU was certainly the guy that stood out for me. I mean, just his ball skills, body control, and one of those guys that I think fits that smaller he's, – he's a smaller receiver, but I think he could certainly be a guy on the slot and maybe a little bit on the outside.
0: And then Denzel Mims too, if we're talking about big guys – Denzel Mims, a, a bigger-bodied guy, but really showed zero issues getting separation today against the corners. Now, the corners for both squads did suffer, and I think that's a product of Christian Fulton from LSU not being here, and also Jeff Gladney from TCU, who I really like him not being here. So that some of the cornerback play and whatnot, these receivers should look good, but Mims looked good. I like K.J. Hill from Ohio State. I thought he had a decent day. Courtney Davis had some shaky hands and whatnot, but he was all right um chase claypool notre dame who at 229 mm-hmm. a big dude mm-hmm. but i thought showed well what did you think of the uh the north wide receiver group overall
1: yeah i mean obviously denzel mims was was another name like you said he, he really stood out I, I thought just from a route running perspective it doesn't really show in my opinion from the film that i've watched of him at baylor i, I didn't see that route running ability right. but he put it on display today and he looks like an athlete and that it, it, it's something that while, well, yes, there were times that he looked like that athlete. It just wasn't consistent, but it was consistent today. And I mean, overall, I, I like. I said I, I like this wide receiver group, but I, I don't know if there's one guy that I really love. Like, obviously, KJ Hill was really good. Mm. Um, you know, looking at the South roster, I'm really curious as why. I know I'm going back and forth between the South and the North. That's fine. But but, but Austin Mack like shows up. You know, gets an invite on right. Saturday. And then he gets like a hundred targets today. I I was so confused by it, but he was dropping passes. The route running was was okay. It wasn't great. So there was a lot of different names, but I mean honestly, probably the the, the three biggest takeaways and the, the three guys that really helped himself. You know Van Jefferson, James Poach, and um, and Denzel Mims. I, I thought those were the three guys for sure. And then probably you know a close fourth would have been either Claypool or. KJ Hill one guy I didn't get a chance to watch was Michael Pittman from USC yeah. which I'm bummed about because I'm a big fan of him and I think he could move up draft board. so I'm really curious where he's going to go uh, and I'll probably watch more of him tomorrow
0: let's keep it with some of the wide receivers cornerback battles because we, we talked about kind of the lack of depth there but I thought a guy that had a really good day was Troy Pride from Notre Dame he stood out had some really nice reps Breaking downhill on things, I kind of wanted to see them test him with a double move to see if that would bite him. Obviously, that's a big thing in Philadelphia as far as our cornerbacks being aggressive and then it coming back later on. So you can look great against the slant, but you got to be able to recover when those guys make that second move. But overall, I thought he had a really good day. Uh, The other kid, Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh, I thought he had a pretty decent day as well. So who from the cornerback group, Darnay Holmes, by the way, Darnay Holmes, probably the most physical and vocal dude out there today. He was living and dying by every rep. Uh, a little bit of a, some a smaller cornerback group as far as the guys for me that really stood out, but who stood out for you?
1: Yeah, I think you took the three guys right there. I mean, Troy Pride, 5'11, 193, kind of a smaller corner, doesn't really have elite length or anything like that, but he was sticky today in press coverage. I think that's something he does really well, and I think he, he I think he understands that even though he's a smaller guy, He's, he's going to make your life living hell every single rep. And then, like you said, I mean, uh, the kid from Pitt, Dane Jackson was pretty good. He matched yeah. up against Duvernay pretty well. He lost a rep to Colin Johnson, but that's, I mean, it was to be expected. No, I don't think anybody would have taken that route. And for, you know, guys like Jeff Gladney and Fulton not to be here, it's disappointing, but these guys stepped up today. And, and you know, Jackson from a measurement size, you know, 5'11", 180, you know, 73 and six eights on his wingspan. So again, one of those guys, it's not super long, but he looked fluid. Um, another defensive back, like you said, Darnay Holmes, very physical. He, I think he. there was a couple times where he got probably called for PI, but again, one of those guys that doesn't have long arms or anything like that, but he's got those physical traits. So I think if that's something the Eagles are looking for, a more physical corner, then I think that's probably the route they would want to go, especially if we're talking maybe later rounds for those three names.
0: So I got a couple more questions for you. Actually, one more question as far as the defensive backs go. I want to wa- I want to talk to you about these safeties because there are a couple of guys that really intrigue me. Number one, very disappointing that Ashton Davis was mm-hmm. flagged for medical. The rangy track star from california the free safety who i think the eagles should really be looking at he had a shoulder injury if i'm not mistaken back in december it required surgery they looked at it and said mm, probably shouldn't practice this week which is fine uh, it's just a minor surgery he should be okay you know training camp all that stuff combine all that he should be cleared for that but it was disappointing we didn't get to see his range on display the other safety that really intrigued me uh kyle duggar from lenore ryan a little known d2 guy but the guy's going to run sub four or five. He's also going to jump 40 inches in the vert. He weighs 217 pounds. He's over six feet tall, almost six foot one. The guy is you know, playing at a different level of competition coming into this thing and had some things to prove. So I thought he was really interesting. And then like guys like Kavon Wallace who Clemson and whatnot, I thought they they had a chance to really show it out. So what did you think of the safety group overall?
1: Yeah, I saw a couple plays where Duggar – Kind of got beat on some routes, but he was more so on that island playing an impressed man as a, as a corner rather than playing safety. So I understand that. And the, and the same thing happened with the the, uh, the Notre Dame kid, the other one, uh, Gilman. Yeah. He, the same thing. I mean, he was getting beat on certain things. But but a guy, you know, like you mentioned, Ashton Davis, track star, hurdling machine. I mean, the guy can literally <laughs> jump anything. But, but the other guy, Jeremy Chin from from Southern Illinois, mm. I, I've heard a lot of good reviews from him. Uh, Jonah Tolls from, from the Draft Network talked with, with me today about him, and he was very high on him. And, I mean, this is a 6'3", 219 kid um, with, with 77-inch wingspan. From, from my understanding, really good in man coverage. He had 13 interceptions in the course of his career at Southern Illinois, so I think there's ball skills there. Now, I haven't watched him a ton, but from the portions of practice that I saw and, and clipped on from him today, I thought he looked pretty good. So I think that's a name to circle back to um, probably tomorrow when we're, when we're watching the second day of practice.
0: So we're going to check in on those guys tomorrow, but when we come back here on the 2020 BGN Draft Coverage, episode number 1. We're going to talk about some more defensive linemen. Maybe uh talk about your Lions because they have an interesting Ooh. choice to make I think at uh mm-hmm. what number 3 overall? Number 3. Yeah. And I got a gripe with Matt Patricia. That's coming up next here on BGN. And we are back here on BGN SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you Michael Kist here with Russell Brown of cover1.net. Russ I know you're a Lions fan, and (laughs) I'm sorry to do this to you, but I got to put you in a very awkward position. But the second practice, the North practice, was some of the stretchiest stretches in practice I've ever stretched. I mean, they their hammies must be so loose because for about the first hour and a half, and luckily they went a little bit over on their time today because I thought it was just going to be literally all stretches. But we had maybe five minutes for one-on-ones. So keep in mind – with those practices we don't have the biggest sample size to work with so we definitely want to see a lot more from these guys but a little bit of a snoozer and i started to get some 2017 cleveland browns vibes from those practices should i be concerned that the patriot way is taking over my enjoyment of these practices
1: yeah, I think you should be concerned. And you're kind of putting me in a tough spot. I mean, I just met Matt Patricia, shook his hand, took a <laughs> picture, put it on Twitter, at RussNFLDraft, smashed that follow button. But I mean, it's just one of those things, man, where it's like, they the, the practice structure has been so bad since he arrived. It was something that was talked about from day one of his arrival of just like, He's almost like a drill sergeant and everything else, and he wants it his way, no way. And he like you see a practice go over at the senior bowl where you've got so much time for media and that's it. He just does his own thing. He doesn't care. It is the Patriot way. It's going to ruin your enjoyment for football <laughs> because it's ruined mine over the last two years. I, I went from having a playoff football team three out of five years to Nope, nine wins in two years. It's terrible. It's
0: awful. So I was sitting at dinner last night, and I was actually I was talking with a former NFL scout and some other guys, and we're sitting there, and we're thinking, what are the Lions going to do <laughs> at three? Are they going to go ahead and get the big boy Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn, which you know, good player, or are they going to guy going to go with the guy who has proven to be more the pass rusher? A guy that's here in Mobile and I think out of all the guys here in Mobile is going to be the first off the board. South Carolina defensive lineman, Javon Kinlaw, who looked fantastic today and I think he's really going to do well with his stock, talking with his teams and everything like that. But I think there's a bigger choice there as far as DT1 goes, especially when you look at the pass rushing aspect to it. I think Kinlaw definitely has showed a lot there. I still need to dial back on Derek Brown when I watched him in the summer. I'm not sure I saw some of the pass rush ability that I would have liked to have seen. Mm -hmm. I think Kinlaw has all that. So if you had to say right now, today, understand we have three more months in this agonizing process. If you had to say today, do you think the Lions would pick if they had to choose between the two, Derek Brown or Kinlaw? who's very, very good.
1: I don't think it's an agonizing process. I love this. This is my job, right? This is great. But, I mean, for me, I I have Derek Brown higher. I mean, it's close. Ken lost 15th on my board. Brown is third. I think Brown, even though he doesn't have those pass rush traits, he is... I think more than just a one-dimensional player. I mean, he's a run-stuffing defensive tackle. He's so disruptive. He's explosive. He takes on blocks, like just his job. And I'm not saying Kinlaw doesn't do that. I mean, Kinlaw had a great day. He checked in today at 6'5", 315, and 84-inch wingspan. I mean, he was clubbing, ripping, swimming, getting guys out of the way all day long. And I'm okay in a perfect world. We don't live in this perfect world, but in, in a perfect world, Going from three to either five or six, let a team get their quarterback. And then if you want to just hit the button and take Kinlaw, mm. by all means, I'm all for it. So he's on he's, he's on the South team. I don't know how much exposure they're going to get with that. I'm assuming they will. There's film. There's everything. And he, regardless, the, the tape doesn't lie when you watch him. It, it's there. So I, I'm not opposed to taking Kinlaw. But right now, if they stay at three, I would take Derek Brown. I have to go with what my board says. And, and that's just I got to trust what I've seen over the course of time. Okay.
0: I disagree. But maybe maybe I'll change my mind as I dig into the film because look, guys change, guys develop, whatnot. I think Derek Brown's still a very good football player. I just I have a very big knock on guys that I'm not sure in the interior can be elite pass rushers. Maybe that's a little bit harsh.
1: Well and the process I mean the process changes all yeah. the time. I mean, and you look at what Daniel Jeremiah just posted today on his mock draft, New York Giants, Beckton, offensive tackle, Louisville at <laughs> right. four. I mean, what do, I mean, I I mean whatever, man. Like it is what it is, but we can talk about that another time.
0: Let's keep it with the interior defensive lineman because there were a couple other good performances that I wanted to talk about. Oklahoma's Neville Gallimore mm-hmm. had a good showing, and he has he has a good tape throughout the year. So that could be something that the Eagles could be looking at later. Also, Michigan State, I know a guy that you like is Kenny is And a, a note on Kenny is this is a man after my own heart because from what you told me, yes. his favorite drink is double vodka Red Bulls, which is the drink of choice, at Veats here at Mobile, tell me about Willickis first, then we'll dial back on Galmore. I'm excited about this man because of the the choice of drinks that he has.
1: Yeah, I mean, right? He's very much on brand with with double vodka reds, but he's also on brand. He's a Michigan State Spartan. That's where I went, so everything's great. But there's a bar in East Lansing. It's called the Riv. It's a great place. It's a great place to mingle and everything, and and that's where he gets the double vodka reds. It's it's truly if you go to a Michigan State game, you got to hit up the Riv and you got to get the drink because Kenny Willickis said. But yeah, I mean, six three two fifty two this guy is, I don't want to say he's a stud, but his work ethic is studly. I mean, he is a guy that just gets after it. And he even said that when I interviewed him, just you got to outwork everybody because if you're not working, what if somebody else is and they're coming for your spot and they're they're doing things to make themselves better. So at 6'3", 252, I certainly think he's an edge rusher. I found it odd that he was playing in space today, kind of as an outside backer. Yeah. He didn't look comfortable there, but I get it. Teams are trying to see what he can and cannot do. But I think he needs to get better at the point of attack as far as block recognition goes. But overall, 51 tackles for loss in his career. That's a Michigan State record. He's you know, talked very highly of Ron Burton, talked very highly of Mark D'Antonio. I think he's a guy that buys into culture, buys into the brotherhood. And I think that's huge for a locker room. So, I mean, with, with his production that he's had over the course of his career and his ability just to constantly go with that motor – I think he's a great player and I think he's going to really stand out this week.
0: So now tell me about Gallimore. Let me dial you back because I kind of got you off the uh, off the trailer because I got excited about the double reds. Yeah. But let's let's talk about Gallimore from Oklahoma, who I think is a really good football player. I've been watching him throughout the year, been been really solid for the Sooners.
1: Yeah, no, he really yeah. has. And I mean, he's got an interesting story. He played up in a, you know Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada at Canada Prep in high school, was a highly rated recruit. He was the highest ranked recruit out of Canada. He could have went pretty much anywhere, it seemed like. And he chose Oklahoma. And he chose Oklahoma basically because back when he was in ninth or tenth grade, he was watching like those all access things on ESPN and he saw Oklahoma dudes crushing it. Yeah. So he just kind of fell in love with it. And when he went on the visit, he he really liked everything about it. And then the moment he stepped on campus in like 2015, 2016, his teammates were like, This guy's the most athletic dude on the field. And he was like six two, three twenty-five at that point. <laughs> so he bulked up a little bit. But he shred the weight. He, he checked in at 6'2", 304, 78-inch uh, wingspan. I yeah. mean, he, everything checked out for him. And then just versatility. That's something that you see instantly with him. He's all over the place for them. He'll line up as a five technique, a four eye, a nose tackle. And I love it. And they love to pre-shift motion him across the line. And basically, as he's going in motion, it basically allows him to get like an extra step mm. on the snap. Measured. And and he just he gets it every time. And he's powerful. Work ethic is their high motor guy. I love him and he's a great interview too.
0: So Russ, we have two more days of practices and then a game to go. I thank you so much for joining me on the number one episode of the 2020 BGN draft special coverage, whatever you want to call it. We're here talking about the draft as we start to gear up. Senior Bowl, great time. Let the gentle listeners know where they can follow you, where they can follow your work.
1: Yeah, the gentle listeners. The first time I've gotten to talk to these listeners in my life, and it's great. Uh, Yeah, smash the follow button on Twitter, at RussNFLDraft. You can also hear me on 1270 The Fan every Wednesday morning at 1020 a.m. in Buffalo, New York. We talk bills, we talk draft, all the goods there. Um, It's a great time. You can find me on CoverOne.net. All my content is there from my draft profiles to my mock drafts to my big boards to the Cover One NFL Draft Podcast. So smash the follow button and it's going to be a great time.
0: So follow Russ, check out one.net, listen to the man on the radio and keep it here on BGN. Make sure you smash that subscribe button to keep getting all the best Eagles content and draft content that you could doggone ever want. I don't have a catchy finish to these certain subset of shows yet. So I'm just going to hit the music and let you enjoy. Thank you for listening. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.